We've been listening to who? To family? To teachers? Friends? So here's my question. Those people that you've been listening to, do they have the lifestyle? Do they have the income? Do they have the leveraged income? Do they have the opportunities and fulfillment that you seek? Happiness is based on fulfillment, not on money, not on success. Do I believe money and success help? Absolutely, I believe it. The A students ends up work, end up working for the C students. This is very, very true. Not only that, aren't the C students more risk takers? Yes. Guess what? Entrepreneurs by nature are more risk takers. The point is, J. Paul Giddy has a quote, very good quote, one of my favorites. He says, I would rather make 1% off of the efforts of 100 people versus 100% of my own effort. So if your income is 100% dependent on your efforts, you're in trouble. What happens if you get sick? What happens if you get in an accident? What happens if you just can't work for whatever reason or your company goes under? Now what? Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Driven Not Given podcast. As always, I'm your host, JC Rangel, and we're going to talk about Robert Kiyosaki's cash flow quadrant today. We're going to talk about how there's four legal ways, four legal ways to earn money, and what are the motivations, what are the reasoning for why different people choose different routes, right? So the first one is the most common one, which is an employee. Roughly 65% of people are employees. The next one is a self-employed person. This is somebody like a real estate agent, a plumber, a small business owner. Uh, roughly 30% of the population is there. And then you've got the big business owner, right? This is the ones that own a big successful business with a system, maybe a franchise or something like that. Roughly 4% of people are in that category. And then you've got the investor, Roughly 1% of people are there. So we're going to talk about it. We're going to break down these four people. We're going to talk about what Robert Kiyosaki in his book, uh, The Rich Dad, Poor Dad, talks about the cash flow quadrant. He also has a book called The Cash Flow Quadrant, where he gets into details about these things. But where I heard this the first time was in Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So let's get into it. Okay, so let's start with the employee. What is it that the employee says? What is it that the employee is looking for? The employee is looking for a secure job. He's looking for security in a nutshell. Maybe security and some good co-workers, right? That's what the employee is looking for. And listen, to no surprise, right? Ever since we were kids, I think most of us were told, hey, you've got to go to school, study hard, get good grades so you could graduate and get a high paying job. And I slowed down there because I know that some of you guys, as you're listening to this, you're probably finishing my words. That's what we were told, right? So most people end up as being employees because that's what we're told to do. Matter of fact, that's what schools and universities design. They are factories for creating employees to a certain degree, right? The second one is a self-employed person. This person is a type of person that says something along the lines of, I'm looking for a place where I can make the most amount of money that I can with my skill set. Okay, so I'm looking for employment. I'm looking for a job or I'm looking for a career path where I can make the most amount of money for my skill set. For example, take a real estate agent, right? A real estate agent says, hey, I want to negotiate the biggest split, the biggest commission possible with the right place that'll give me the support so I can go out there and do the work that I know how to do to generate the most amount of money. Or it's somebody that wants to have some independence. They want to own their own business. And this is typically 
uh, somebody with a small business. Maybe they have a little restaurant. <clears throat> Maybe they have a small store or whatever the case may be, right? And so this person wants a little bit more independence, but they want to be their own boss. That is their motivation. They want to be their own boss. They want to control their own time. And a real estate agent, life insurance agent, small business owner, they have that. Well, they are their own boss. Now, if you own a small business, you know that it's, if you want to have a successful small business, doesn't necessarily mean that you're your own boss and you can work your own schedule. You could do that a little bit more as a real estate agent, but not so much as a small business owner because uh, obviously business needs to be open in order for you to make some money. Now, those two that I just talked about, the employee and the self-employed person are on the left side of the quadrant. So here's what you want to do. You want to imagine a plus sign, right? In that plus sign, you've got the left side of the quadrant. The left side of the quadrant, well, I guess for you guys, is this, this is the left, right? So the left side of the quadrant, you've got the employee and the self-employed person. Okay, that is the left side of the quadrant. Now, Robert Kiyosaki very often talks about being on the right side of money, <clears throat> meaning being on the correct side of money. So my question to you is, would you like to be <clears throat> on the right side of the money, on the correct side of money? I think most people would say, yes, I'd like to be on the right side of the money. So you've got the left, right? The left is employee, self-employed. Then we go to the right, which is the big business owner. This is the one that's a business owner, and guess what? They have maybe a, a McDonald's franchise, maybe a successful direct sales or network marketing company, or they have a successful business that other people are running. They've got a system in place. They've got the manuals in place. It is a successful running business with the efforts of other people. That is a big business owner. Successful, right? Successful big business owner. That is on the, on the right side of the quadrant, the top right. And then on the bottom, you've got the investor. The investor is somebody that says, hey, uh, I got to have my money work for me. So the big business owner says, here's the kind of things they say. <clears throat> I want to look for and hire people that are smarter than me to work my business for me, and I will pay them. I will provide the environment. I will provide them with a job that is to what they're looking for, but I'm looking for people that are better than me to fill this job. That is what the successful big business owner does. A perfect example of that is, let's look at a McDonald's, for example. A McDonald's, if you notice this, we talk about, the, one of the key words here is system. Why system? The reason why one of the key words is system is because if you look at a McDonald's, and by the way, I don't go to McDonald's, I haven't eaten McDonald's in over 15 years, but I understand and I teach on this very often. If you look at a McDonald's, right, let's say you drive up to the McDonald's. First of all, if there's a place to play, you know, for kids, like a little play area, it's usually visible from the outside because kids tell their parents, I want to go there, right? Now, do they serve the best burgers? No, they don't, but they sell the most. Why? Because of the system, because of the name brand, because of the different things, right? But when you walk into that place, one of the things you'll notice is that there's anywhere from 16-year-olds to any age, 40, 50, 60-year-olds running that place. Can we agree? I think we could all agree, right? And one of the things that I noticed ever since I was a kid about a McDonald's is that I would see 16-year-old kids running this multi-million dollar restaurant. Why? Because of the system. Again, I keep saying the word system. You walk in, you got the cash register. To the left of the cash register, this is your left, <laughs> to the left of the cash register are, is a drive through and the French fries. Okay? Over to the right, you've got the McFlurry machine, Right? 
to the right of the counter, right? You've got the McFlurry machine. You've got the cheeseburgers in yellow. The fish burgers are in blue, right? And the Big Macs are in a box. And they serve Coke. They don't serve Pepsi. And I believe the ketchup that they use is Hanes, if I'm not mistaken. But whatever. The point is, every McDonald's around the world has the exact same system. Now, I would encourage anybody that's watching this, if you haven't watched the movie The Founder, go and watch the movie The Founder. The Founder gets into... If you notice, this is a perfect example. When you look at the founder, Ray Kroc, who's a founder of McDonald's as we know it today, okay, he went and he saw these guys, and these guys already had a bit of a system in place. So, you know, I'll give you a little bit of a story. <clears throat> He's eating at a, at a um, restaurant on the way, I think he was from Chicago to, to California, Riverside, California, where the first McDonald's was. I believe that's where it was. And he was on his long road trip to get there. And he stops by a restaurant, you know, a fast food place, and they mess up his order and the food takes forever. So he drives over there and he drove over there to sell them. He used to sell mil milkshake machines. He was a S on the left side of the quadrant. He was a self-employed, commission-based salesperson. So he drives to California to sell these people a milkshake machine. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, these guys ordered like three or four of them. And this guy was like, wow. This must be a successful business because he was having a hard time selling them to most restaurants. So he's going over there. When he gets over there, here's what drew his attention. He ordered a burger and he got his, I didn't sign my fingers fast hard enough. Right? He got his burger right away. And he says, wait a minute, wait a minute. <clears throat> I think you guys got my order wrong because, you know, this is my burger. You sure this is not somebody else's burger? They told him, no, that's your burger. You ordered a cheeseburger, whatever the case is. He says, yes. They're like, that's your burger. He says, ah. Oh. And he was blown away. How fast he got his, his money. And back then, they were giving, uh, they were serving burgers and stuff like that with, you know, traditional plates and forks and whatnot, right? And these people gave it to him in a bag. And he didn't even realize how to eat it. He said, like, how do we eat this? You just sit down and open up the wrapper and bite the burger and grab the fries and eat the fries and drink the drink. And it was just a different concept. Again, you got to watch the movie. The point is, he had the mindset of a big business owner. He had the mindset and the vision, and he saw the possibilities of what's possible. The original owners, I think they were the McDonald's brothers, okay, two brothers, <clears throat> they were traditional uh, uh, self-employed people without a big vision. They, they were on the left side of the quadrant thinkers, but they did have a good system in place, but they didn't think big to scale it. So he tells him, you guys got an incredible system here. Why don't we take this and franchise it? You guys can be extremely successful. And then one of them was open to it. One of the brothers was open to it. The other one was not open to it. The point is, they don't do it. Long story short, this guy gets involved in business with them somehow. And he was kind of a scumbag, according to what the, what the movie made him out to be. Long story short, he takes their business from under them. I think at the end, he ended up paying them some, something like a million bucks for their business or something, right? And, and they were heartbroken. I think one of them ended up dying. Anyways, I, I don't want to spoil the movie for you. I'm sorry if you haven't seen the movie, okay? But the point is, takes over the business. What is the point of the story? McDonald's, back then, you could see the origins, how these guys came up with the system. They measured how long it takes from this to this, so you could just take the tray and turn, and you're already there. I mean, it's pretty awesome. And they were even practicing at a um, uh, what is it called? A tennis court, and they drew out the system in the tennis court. It was very, very, very interesting. One of the best movies for entrepreneurs to watch. Trust me, watch the movie. You'll thank me later. Comment here, by the way. 
After you watch the movie, comment. I want you to comment right now if you're getting some value. Like, comment. That's the price for this video. Come on, guys. If you're on Spotify or Apple, like and comment it too, okay? So here's a point. <clears throat> he figures out these, guy, these guys have gold in their hands and they don't realize it. They've got a fortune here and they don't realize it. I realize it. I'm going to go and do something with it. So he did. He eventually bought them out and he scaled McDonald's to what it is today. He created it and made it a franchise and that became one of the richest people in America, if not one of the richest people in the world. The point is a McDonald's is on the right side of the quadrant, the B. Successful business with a system. Franchises are in that section because franchises, for the most part, sell you a system that already has a proven system, sell you a business that already has a proven system. Then you've got the I, the investor. The investor is somebody that says, hey, I want to have my money work for me. Let me put my money to work and let's put it to work. So the investor, what does he do? Essentially, he puts overalls on his money. He says, where could I put my money to work where it'll yield me the best return on my money? Fair enough. His money works for him. The big business owner, as we mentioned here, it reminds me of something I heard a long time ago, which is absolutely true. The A students end up working for the B students. The A students end up being employees for the C students, not the B students, the C students is what the quote says. And I agree. Why? Because the A students are so focused on studying hard, getting good grades, and going to that next level of education, the next level of education. What they don't realize is that the more levels of education you go through, the more you're being programmed to be an employee, to work for somebody else. That is what is told since people are kids. Hey, so therefore, the A students ends up work end up working for the C students. This is very, very true. Not only that, aren't the C students more risk takers? Yes. Guess what? Entrepreneurs by nature are more risk takers. The A students tend to be, and this is not a knock on A students, by the way. I love my, my son's an A student. <laughs> he's eight years old. He's an A student. Now I'm going to teach him entrepreneurship, but anyways, that's beside the point. <clears throat> but the A students are more by the book, more by the line. Don't take a lot of risks. You know, C students are they take more risk, just like entrepreneurs. I believe that the biggest risk is not taking any risk, right? So anyways, let's keep moving. So there's two sides, okay? You've got the left side of the quadrant. You've got the right side of the quadrant. <clears throat> On the left, employee self-employed. On the right, big business owner and investor. Notice this. On the left, there's no leverage. There's no leverage, okay? They get paid based off of their own efforts. Now, here's the deal. Why is this such an important topic today more than ever before? Because we are, we've already experienced the pandemic. We've already experienced COVID. And I believe that we're going to experience more things like that. I just don't think that's going to stop now. I think that's going to keep happening. But the point that I'm getting to is this. The pandemic and recessions have shown us one thing. A lot of things, but one of the things that they've shown us is that guess what? Your job is not a safe, secure job. So if your income is 100% dependent on your efforts, you're in trouble. What happens if you get sick? What happens if you get in an accident? What happens if you just can't work for whatever reason or your company goes under? Now what? Because a day and age of go to work and work for the same company for 40 years to retire on 40% of what's not enough, that's called the 40-40 plan. So here's a 40-40 plan in detail. People work 40 hours a week for 40 years of their life to retire on 40% of what wasn't enough to begin with. Think about it. That's a 40-40 plan. 40-40-40 plan. 40 hours a week. 
for 40 years of their life to retire on 40% of what originally wasn't enough because most people, can we agree? Most people, they don't have $500 in savings. Most people are one paycheck, missing one paycheck away from being in financial hardship. That is the left side of the quadrant. There's no leverage. Their income depends. Part of the reason why is because their income only depends on their efforts. Now, the people on the right side of the quadrant get paid off of the efforts of other people or their money makes some money, but they are leveraged. They get paid off of leverage. Perfect example. Let's say the real estate broker and the real estate agent. The real estate broker is on the right side of the quadrant. The real estate agent is on the left side of the quadrant. The real estate broker has 10, 15, 20, 30, whatever. Real estate agents, that when they all make a sale, he gets paid. What if half of them don't make a sale, but the other half do make a sale? He, he might have made less money that month, but guess what? He still got something. But if a real estate agent goes out and what we call rolls a donut, meaning for the month he makes no sales, he makes no money for that month. There's no residual income. There's no passive income, right? So the broker is on the right side of the quadrant with leverage of his realtors. The realtors are on the left side of the quadrant, right? The investor is on the right side of the quadrant. Why? Because his money makes money. So even if he doesn't work, his money makes money. I'll give you an example. I've got a friend of mine, shout out to Omar Alfaro, who builds homes out in the high desert in California. Out, you know, Victorville area, he's a real estate broker and investor. He comes to some of, some of his friends and he says, hey, listen, I'm building a couple of units over here. You know, here's what we do. And we can choose to invest money. So let's say the project requires $100,000. This is a, a little example. And I say, tell you what, Omar, I got 25,000 of that. You need 100 grand, I'll put 25. So he gets four guys to put 25,000. He goes out there and because I put 25% of what's required, I get 25% of the profits that this project makes. So what if in eight months, one year, he goes out there and makes $50,000? 25% of 50,000 is 12,500 bucks. So in a year, my 25,000 <clears> turned into 37,500. I didn't do anything but write a check and sign a contract to secure my money. He went out there and did the work. He made the commission. He takes a split off the top. You know, we agree. This is what he's taking off the top. Plus he's making the commission, blah, blah, blah. Right? He's helping a seller, a buyer, whatever the case may be. He may be an investor himself. So he, he, we know what it is. So he shows what the numbers are, and we know what our percentage is. Sometimes we make more money than other times. That's a point. But the money makes some money. And the more money that they have working for them, the more money they make. But here's the key. The key is that they're not only paid off of their own efforts. So what happens if the investor gets sick? Let's say he gets COVID. He's out for a month. He's out for two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, a month, two months. What if he's an older guy? His health isn't all out to par, and he's out for two, three months. But his money is out there working. He's got projects. out. He, he writes a check, sends a wire, gets paid. What if he's a real estate broker or has a business, a solar brokerage? For example, I have a solar brokerage. A thousand people sell solar. I sell solar too. But I don't sell nearly as much solar as the rest of my sales organization sell. So I make overrides on the sales of many uh, uh, solar pros as well. Why? Because I believe in the concept of leverage income. I think leverage income is a beautiful thing. And speaking about leverage... The first recorded billionaire in America, his name was J. Paul Getty. Here in California, there's a J. Paul Getty Museum. As a matter of fact, interesting fact, my prom was held at the J. Paul Getty Museum. 
The point is, J. Paul Giddy has a quote, very good quote, one of my favorites. He says, I would rather make 1% off of the efforts of 100 people versus 100% of my own effort. 100 people are probably not going to get COVID all at once, right? So if you leverage five people, 100 people, 1,000 people, chances are not all of them are going to take some time off. So you're getting paid based on leverage. So that's one of my favorite quotes. Very important. And I believe that everybody, to a certain degree, should have a focus on building some type of leveraged income that doesn't depend on your own efforts. Now, why is that so hard, though? Why is it so hard for people to think outside the box? Because for many years, people were told a certain thing. They said, go to school, get your grades, so you graduate, get a good high-paying job, right? So here's my question, and this is a question that a multimillionaire asked me one day. He says, JC, who have you been listening to? He says, because who you've been listening to <clears throat> will determine where you are today or where you are in the future. We've been listening to who? To family, to teachers, friends. So here's my question. Those people that you've been listening to, do they have the lifestyle? Do they have the income? Do they have the leveraged income? Do they have the opportunities and fulfillment that you seek? Because if they don't, Maybe reconsider who you've been listening to. I mean, I don't know. It's just a thought, right? Because when I was 18 years old, I remember I had a lot of influence from family members, cousins specifically, friends, you know, older people, friends of my parents, not my parents, friends of my mother. And um, I would hear very often these things. You got to go get a good, secure job. Make sure you get a good, secure job with benefits. And I was like, yeah, but you know what I noticed? Here's what I noticed personally. This is a personal opinion, right? And I love everybody. Listen, man, whether you have your big business or you have your safe, secure job, God bless you, man. I believe that happiness is based on fulfillment, not on money, not on success. Do I believe money and success help? Absolutely, I believe that. But here's the point. Here's what I saw. I saw people that were giving me this advice. Here's what their routine would be. Monday through Friday or Monday through Saturday. They wake up at home. And they go to work. Then they get out of work and they go home. The next day, guess what? They go to work again. Then they go home. Then work. Then home, work, home, work, home, work. Get it? Here's the deal. I thought we were done with doing homework in school. But people go homework, 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 homework. And then I would look at them. And then I would say, man, this guy doesn't look happy. His face never looked happy. Her face never looked happy. They never looked fulfilled. They looked very stressed. And then somebody told me, you know why they are so stressed? I said, why are they so stressed? He says, because they're out there punching and fighting all day. I said, what do you mean they're punching and fighting all day? <laughs> what does that mean? He says, they're punching a clock and they're fighting traffic all day and doing homework all day. They're doing homework and punching and fighting all day. Punching a clock, fighting traffic. Punching a clock, fighting traffic. And he says to me, there's a better way. I said, tell me. What's a better way? He says, you got to be an entrepreneur. You got to be your own business owner. But you've got to grow. See, you've got to study. And you can't study the things that your teachers are telling you because guess what? Those teachers only know how to be a teacher, how to be an employee, how to work for somebody else, and how to punch clock and fight traffic. This, for me, was an eye-opener. Now, I've got friends that have a high-paying job, flexible. Some of them work from home. And they make great money. This doesn't apply to those people. Hey, if you're, if you're fulfilled, you're happy, God bless you. 
but not most people. That's not the, that's not the case for most people. Most people, that's not the case. And one of the things that you hear me preach about all the time is the middle class is disappearing. The middle class is disappearing. As time goes on, the middle class is dwindling down. Therefore, what does that mean? There's going to be people that are rich and people that are poor. And you got the left side of the quadrant, the right side of the quadrant. Left side, employee, self-employed. Then you got big business owner, investor. Who gets rich? <clears throat> The people on the right side of the quadrant. Matter of fact, let me give you the numbers. Here are the numbers. 95% of all of the wealth is on the right side of the quadrant. On the right side of the quadrant, big business owner, investors, 95% of all of the money. Now, check this out. What percentage of people are there? I gave you the numbers earlier. 5%. 5% of the population is either a big business owner or an investor. That means that 95% of people are on the left side of the quadrant. So if 95% of all of the money is on the right side, how much is left? 5%. That means that 5% is on the left side of the quadrant and 95% of all the people are on the left. Isn't that interesting? I bet you most of you guys wouldn't have guessed that there's 95% of people splitting and sharing all of the money. Imagine this. Imagine you're in a party with 20 friends and one of your friends decides to be generous. He says, hey, all of y'all, check this out. Come over here. I want everybody's attention. Come over here. We got a pizza with 20 slices here. And he pulls a slice towards him and he puts it on a plate. Then he grabs the, the, the dish of pizza, pulls it towards him, and puts the one slice. Remember, there's nine, 20 slices. He's got 19 over here in the dish. He puts a slice, the one slice, there for the 19 of y'all to share. He says, this slice here is for all of you guys to share. Enjoy. Maybe y'all could, some of you guys might get to smell it. And he keeps 19 of the 20 slices, and there's 19 people splitting one slice. That's how the money is split. That's how the money is split. Because can we agree that most people, they have too much month at the end of the money? Yes. Not too much money at the end of the month. Too much month at the end of the money. 20th. It's a 20th. It's a 17th. It's an 18th. Money's gone. Why is that? <clears throat> Who have you been listening to? That's what it is. Who have you been listening to? Because I'm telling you, most people don't pay attention to this. They've been listening to people that are broke, busted, and disgusted. Most people. Not everybody. Not all of you guys. But most people have been listening to people that do not have what they would like in life. And they wonder, how come I'm where I'm at? Well, you are where you are because of your decisions, of who you've been listening to, of what you've done, or who you have not been listening to. That's why. One of my favorite books, Think and Grow Rich, talks about OPM. OPE, OPI, OPM, other people's money. Rich people leverage other people's money. They leverage the bank's money. They want to open up a restaurant. They borrow 50,000, 100,000, half a million, a million dollars. They use a bank's money to fund their business, right? They use OPE, other people's efforts and experiences. OPE, OPI, other people's ideas, right? As a big business owner, 
I start a business, I hire some employees that are better than me at doing the job that's needed, I'm using their experience, I'm using their efforts, and I'm leveraging, and I'm getting paid. I pay them their agreed upon salary, and then I keep the rest, right? But I took all the risk. I put up the money. I took out the loans. I put some of my own money. I deserve that because I took the risk. Most people are not willing to take that risk. As an employee, they use other people's idea, meaning the, the owner of the business, but they get paid off of all their own efforts, not other people's efforts, but their efforts. There's no leverage. So one of the books I always recommend is Think and Grow Rich. You've got to learn how to use OPI, OPM, and OPE. I've got some people that say, hey man, I'm broke, I wanna start a business, but I'm broke. Great, use a bank's money, how's your credit? Oh, my credit's good. Or if it's not too good, great. Borrow some money, fix your credit. Then when your credit is fixed, you could borrow some money from the bank to start that business. What if I fail? What if you succeed? Oh, shit. Well, yeah. <clears throat> sure, you could fail. And if you fail, guess what? Dust yourself off, figure out what you learned, and go try again. Because guess what? To be successful in business, you only have to strike oil once. You've got to strike gold once. Yes, you're going to fail. The thing is, if you've got to fail 10 times, 20 times, 100 times, whatever it is, get to failing. Get, get, get going. But here's one closing tip that I'm going to give you guys to close this off is this. <clears throat> if you are on the left side of the quadrant, let's say you're an employee or self-employed, and you want to start your own business, I teach people how to start their own solar brokerage business, even if they have no sales experience. Okay? Here's what I tell people. Do not leave your, your, your base, meaning your base is your base income, your employment. Keep it. Keep it. Build this in addition to. Once this income from your business makes you enough money to offset that then you can let that go. Okay, in closing, some of these closing arguments. I'm going to give you guys a real-life example. Let's look at Central 21. I think we can all agree that we're all familiar with Central 21, especially if you live in America, and it's a, actually, I believe, an international brand. You've got the real estate agents of Central 21, self-employed. But nowadays, there's some competition in the real estate industry because there's a company called EXP Realty. Central 21 says, hey, we negotiate your split. They, they get paid anywhere from, say, 50% commission to 90% commission, maybe 95%. EXP Realty says, look, we're going to give you the opportunity to build a company within a company. You could be on the left side of the quadrant, but you could also be on the right side of the quadrant as a big business owner with a system and as an investor. Century 21 tells people, hey, you could be a salesperson and make great commissions selling real estate, but there's no leverage. And you negotiate a commission split. EXP says you don't negotiate your commission split. You get paid 80%. We keep 20. But out of the 20, we pay half of it in override commissions. Therefore, you have the opportunity to build a company within a company if you so choose to. <clears throat> it is an option. It's completely optional. So this EXP realtor can decide to go out there and introduce other realtors to EXP to get paid the same 80%, to have the same opportunity to build a team and get paid seven, seven levels deep to earn stock options. I've got a friend in 2014, more of an acquaintance, 2014 started doing that. I talked to him last year. I haven't talked to him since, but since last year I asked him, what's your passive income check? He says, over a quarter million. He earns over a quarter million dollars per month because he, he, he introduced a couple of folks who introduced a couple of folks. He's got over 3,000 people selling, selling real estate under his sales organization from what he started. He makes over a quarter million dollars per month. What is his... What is his Overhead expenses, $89 a month. That's what the company charges you. At Century 21, you don't have to pay $89 a month. 
over here they, you pay $89 a month because it's a virtual cloud-based real estate brokerage. Notice, he has, on his personal sales, he is a self-employed person. But on the leverage side, he's now a, a business owner with leverage, with a system. The company provides all the trainings, all the tools, all the resources. Of course, he also contributes. He helps his team. He trains his team and whatnot. But now he's on the left side of the quadrant. He's on the right side of the quadrant as well. And he earns stock options for selling real estate. So now he also earns a piece of the company. The guy is worth today over $200 million because of the stock. $200 million makes a quarter million a month passive income. And because of the stock options, he's worth over $200 million. We're talking about this is 2022. He started back in 2014. That was a pretty good move. He went from a traditional real estate company being on the S quadrant, on the left side of the quadrant, to moving to the right side of the quadrant. He was doing the same thing selling, but instead of just selling, what was he doing? He was building his own business. He had his own brokerage. Perfect example with me. In the solar business, we have the identical model to EXP, but we do with solar. In a traditional solar company, and, and I'm telling you this because I use a cash flow quadrant to recruit people. In a traditional solar company, I tell guys, look, you're going to go sell door to door. You're going to go D2D until the day you're DEAD, until the day you're dead. In 18 months, you're going to be tired. 12 to 18 months, you're going to be tired, and you're going to be burnt out from knocking on doors selling solar. It's great money selling solar. But you want to be a salesperson all your life? What if you build a company within a company? What if we pay you the highest commissions in the industry, right? And you're able to override a team six levels deep, earn stock options, yada, 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 yada. That's my pitch. The point is I offer people, you could be on the left side of the quadrant. Be on the left side of the quadrant. That's fine. Left side, okay? But at the same time, let me show you how to build the business so you're doing simultaneously on the left side of the quadrant and on the right side of the quadrant. You're earning stock options. We're going public in a couple of years. In two years, we're going public. You're earning all these stock options. We're the number one fast-growing company in the, in, in the industry. That's what we offer them. So that is the cash flow quadrant. Kind of got a little bit long-winded. This video went, frankly, a little bit longer than I thought it would. But I hope you guys got some value from this information. If you like it, again, like it, comment, and share it. And as always, I'll see you guys at the top from the top. Take care.